Welcome to the Find Your Voice, Change Your Life podcast with psychologist Dr. Doreen Downing. Listen in as Doreen interviews people who felt they didn't have a voice or who suffered extreme speaking anxiety. You'll hear stories about how they struggled to speak up, what they did to find their authentic voice, and the confidence they now feel to speak up and make an impact. If you want to get started right away to find your voice, download Doreen's free 7-step guide to fearless speaking at Doreen7steps.com. And now, here is Doreen. Hi, this is Dr. Doreen Downing, and I'm with the Find Your Voice, Change Your Life podcast. And I interview people who have had some sort of struggle in their life around finding their voice. And we get to hear details as much as they want to share about what the challenges were, maybe what the cause was, and then how, what was the process? What path did they take to find their voice? And then finally, now that they have a voice and can speak up and speak out, What is it that they do for the world? What is the gift that they get to offer? So today I have a very special guest here who is quite big in the field of helping people overcome their fear of speaking. Yes, his name is Steve Sapato, and he's been a professional speaker for 40 years now. His own experiences led him to create several signature course and start Speaker Talks of Tampa to help people become public speakers, gain confidence, get more opportunities, Uh and this is the best part, and enjoy self-confidence. Welcome, Steve. Thank you for taking the time to be here today and inform us. So if you could start just by reflecting back on what might have been some of the challenges for you in finding your voice. Thank you, Doreen. I think there's, you know, uh, when we talk about finding your voice, I think you go through stages in your life where different things happen and create different yous. You know, we all have to move forward. Um, I always, uh, I call my mother Dorothy and a while back, somebody said, why do you call your mom Dorothy? And I said, well, um, my mom and dad were fairly social creatures and they would go out and my mom would always be talking to people. And she was like one of those organizers and stuff. And People would go, Dorothy, we need this. And she'd turn and talk to them and help them. And I would go, mom, 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 and nothing. So I don't know how old I was, 10, 12 years old, maybe when I finally learned that, you know, calling her mom, she ignored me. And I had to call her Dorothy. When I called her Dorothy, then she'd look down to see who called her Dorothy. And so ever since then, I've called my mom Dorothy. And uh, now when I'm with her, of course, I call her mom, you know, when there's nobody around, she's in a nursing home right now. So nobody around, I call her Dorothy. But you know, that was the beginning of not being heard, not being seen. And I think that uh, epitomizes a lot. You know, uh, later on in life, when uh, uh, I used to say all the time, well, I'm not good with my hands. And people would ask me, well, how many businesses have you owned? I went five. And they went, well, OK, so one of them was a sporting goods store. I said, yep. They said, what would you do there? I went, well, I mounted skis. I did tennis rackets. I did all this stuff. I did that. I did that. And they went, and then you owned a nightclub and a banquet hall. Yep. And did you ever... Uh, do anything. I said, well, we fixed the roof. We fixed the toilet. We put in the new floor for the dancing. And they went, well, how can you say you're not good with your hands? And I started to think back again. You know, those are when you start to reflect. And my dad, uh, one of his part times was like a TV repairman. And those are the days when you plugged in, as as Doreen said, I'm old. You know, you plugged in the, the knobs and tubes. You know, they weren't circuitries then. And he would say, you know, you're just making a mess of things. Go away. You're just not good in here. 
And so I started to evaluate that as not good with my hands. And I took that with me. All this is stuff we bring with us. And what happens along the way is uh, we lose that self-confidence that we really need. I'll tell you what uh, turned the path for me. And I was a senior in high school and failing, you know, real simple. Uh, I needed an English course to pass this English course in order to graduate high school. And my English teacher said there were three students who need extra credit. So if these three students would go down to the auditorium and try out for the play, they'll get enough extra credit to pass. And uh, I was one of those three names. And she said, so, uh, Mr. Sapato, you're going to go down? I went, no. She said, well, you don't understand. You're not going to pass if you don't get this extra credit. I went, I don't care. That's how averse I was to trying out for a play or being in front of people. And, and it was really, she finally had to say, you know, the dreaded words back in those days were, Mr. Sapato, do I have to call your mother? And of course you go, no. Can so, call Dorothy? <laughs> that's right. And so then I went and tried out and I got a little part. I mean, it was a walk-on part and it started the process. And that's why I evolved into this person you see today, because I love helping people evolve. What, what you will always learn and what I really push is if you want to be more confident, become a public speaker. And people go, I couldn't do that. That's one of the things we teach you to do you find the right person. I taught seven years of college, uh, junior college speech courses. So you, nobody there wanted to take speech. It was a required course, which of course made it, you know, you could say, hey, you have to do this. You have, you had to find a way to reach out to these students so that they would actually find their voice. Because that's what's wrong with America today is we, we sneak from behind, we hide behind things. I, um, somebody, I was just watching something and it said, uh, somebody sent white powder to Rand Paul or somebody in Washington. And I think that's the problem. See, we, we hide. We want to send people. We want to hurt people. We want our voice to be heard, but we're so afraid of being seen. Um, that's the reason uh, so much anger and hate on Facebook, I think, is because we don't know how to say, hey, look at me. I'm confident. I'm in control. And I want to share this with you. Because once you learn how to share, you can see uh, on my book, Shut Up and Succeed. Once you learn how to share, right, the voice that's inside of you, people will suddenly pay attention. And as Doreen said, suddenly you're going to be uh, more confident. People are going to look at you differently. They're going to take you as more of a leader. They're going to start paying attention to what you have to say. So if you're struggling with being uh, promotable at work, public speaking changes all of that. So that's why I became um, a speaker. And that's why I help other people become speakers, because it will absolutely change your life. And people say, not me. I can't do it. I won't ever do it. Good. Get with me. We'll work on it. We'll get you out of that because that's our goal. Whether it's abuse, if you're suffering abuse, why do people suffer abuse? Because they don't know how to be heard. They don't know how to say stop. They don't have the confidence to say, don't do that. Right. So we hide back in our little place because nobody sees us. We think nobody pays attention to us. And unfortunately, that it is that we have to find out how to start educating people so that we all become more powerful, more visible, more confident. Right, Doreen? Oh, yes. Just you've said so much already. It's uh, amazing. And then to uh, for those who can't see you, you are just an epitome of somebody who's got a huge heart that wants to speak and be heard and help others do that very same thing. And the first thing that you mentioned in terms of your own 
challenge and your your journey around having yourself be seen and heard by your own mom, I think that that is something that a lot of people can relate to. Not that they learned your technique, hey, Dorothy, but, hey, Dorothy. you know, they Everybody just... Everybody will see me now and they'll go, hey, where's Dorothy? Yes, <laughs> well, that's that's a fun fun thing, isn't it? Would be really, yeah. Yeah, to, to have told that story and have it live beyond you. But the idea is that, yeah, parents sometimes don't really get that that's what we need as little kids. I mean, they're raising us, but a lot of times, especially for those of us who are more advanced and came from raising that was quite a few years ago, parents just might not have said, oh, I've got to make sure that my child knows that he's seen and heard. Well, you, yeah, you know what's interesting about that is uh, um, I put away, I, I do relationship work and I put it away for like 10 years. And my wife was encouraging me to, to start teaching people about love and relationships. And I brought that back out about two weeks ago. Because one of the things that we have to learn is that the only way we learned about love was either what we saw on TV or what we learned from home. And just like my mom, who didn't know how to, uh, you know, attend to her son, you know, she would rather attend to her friends. They made her feel special. They made her feel more important than I would. Um, But it's important that you understand that we learned love from people who may not understand what love is. We learn parenting from people who don't necessarily know what parenting is. There's no classes. I mean, no, nobody, you know, way back when, when we were young, it was it was home ec and you learned how to, you know, do cooking and you, maybe you took care of a baby. I was never in one of those where you took care of a baby for sure. But there was no nobody there to teach us discipline. There was nobody there to teach us the parenting skills that when we grow up, we learned from our mom and dad. And that's why abuse is so prevalent in so many relationships is because they learned to hit because their mom and dad taught them to hit. They learned to scream and yell because their mom and dad screamed and yelled. And we need to come together um, and start learning how to interact with each other. It's a skill. Everything we are today is a skill and it can be learned and important enough. It can be what we have already can be unlearned so we can replace it with new skills that will make us even better than we were. Oh, I really want to go further in that thought. But before I do, I want to go back to just the story about your dad also, because that was an important message to folks is what we believe about ourselves and what we carry forward sometimes is so unintentional. I'm sure he wasn't saying to you, you're incompetent and you don't know how to do much, but uh, he didn't mean to scar you for life, not that you were scarred. But I, did, I guess what I want to point to for people is that those messages early on live in and they become our self-confident. But what you just said is, hey, by looking at yourself, <laughs> you can do an examination. And if you learned it at some point in your life, you can unlearn it and you can learn something else. And that message feels like what we're moving into now. How do people unlearn and relearn something new would you say great question and that's that's first you have to recognize that you have something that you need to unlearn Uh, uh, let me give you an example when i was in my i'll say late 30s early 40s somebody uh, who was a good friend asked my wife and i my second wife at the time um, um, you know you guys have someplace you want to go and we'd always been talking about going to hawaii 
So we'd been married 12 years when we were had our when we first got married, we said, hey, we should take a honeymoon to Hawaii. We lived in Iowa. And uh, so Hawaii was a faraway adventure. And 12 years later, we still hadn't gone to Hawaii. And the guy asked us, you know, I won't go into all the details here, but he asked us, why haven't we? Of course, we all said, well, we don't have enough money. We don't have this. We don't have that. And he went on to show us that we really could put it together. And two years later, we ended up going to our first trip to Hawaii. But it was important that he pointed out in a way that we it opened our minds that we really, if we if we wanted to go to Hawaii, we had to change what we were doing. When you're talking about unlearning something, um, if you recognize, uh, let, and let's say when I taught college, we did different speeches and one lady, uh, it was really interesting, was talking about abuse. And so I had this, I had like 30 kids in one class and I took a board and we were talking about abuse and parenting. And I took a board and I hit it like 30 times real hard as I walked across the front of the room. And I said, now, how many of you think that's abuse? And only half the hands went up right? Half the hands thought it was abuse. That means the other half didn't think hitting your kid 30 times was abuse. Wow, that tells us a lot. And so we got into talking about that, about what creates abuse and what was the point of discipline and all that stuff. So if you if you realize that you've hit your kid and you don't want to hit your child, then you need to start learning a new way to discipline. And the way to do that, of course, is to find read a book go to attend a workshop or a seminar and find out the different ways that different children need in order to be disciplined and accept discipline. I had two different boys. One, when you whacked him on the butt, straightened right up. You know, he just didn't want to be whacked. And the other kid would look at you three years old. I remember my son, Zach, looking at me and goes, that didn't hurt. And I hit him the next time real hard. And he just looked at me and said, that didn't hurt. And I went, well, that didn't work then either. did." <laughs> and so I learned that that son if you took something away from him, well, you can't have your Buzz Lightyear or something. Then he threw a fit, you know, type thing. Different people require different things. But if you see something that you know you want to correct, whether it's you're not loving your spouse the right way, you're not getting along, you're arguing all the time, then you know you need to fix that. You want to correct it. Once you recognize, it's, I guess it's like the alcoholic, once you recognize that there's a problem, then you can start fixing it. And that's what we all need to start doing. What do you really want to fix in your life? And when do you want to do it? Why not now? Why not now? Great question. Well, what you also just said about knowing and recognizing that there is something you want to have a change about. And with my listeners, it's most likely about feeling like they don't have a voice, that they can't tap into, that they don't have confidence. And what what you're talking about today is, well, look at if you want to change that, if you want to become more confident anytime, any place speaking, whether it's on a stage or whether it's with a friend or whether it's uh, in, in small groups or large groups or just one person, you have to start there with the I want to change. And that is so powerful. And then the. To me, it feels like once you land in there, I want to change. It's almost like the world opens up its possibilities. All you have to do is what well, Google <laughs> or uh, you know follow other people who you admire. There's just so many ways to 
I think, find your voice and change your life. And what you're saying today is, hey, you got to start with the desire to. And I think one other thing, I'll just say this, is in my work with people is it's also important to believe that you can, which speaks to some of what you said earlier about your own system of what you believe about yourself. And sometimes that needs to be challenged. Oh, I could never. That's what you're talking about. Oh, I could never be a public speaker. And I I think today what I want to really uh, impart on people from you is the, the yes, you can. <laughs> you can change. So how, how do you teach people to overcome speaking anxiety? I think, um, and everybody's different. So I really have to sit down with somebody and really do an interview because just like discipline, uh, everybody has different reactions. If you just said, hey, we're going to keep practicing until we get it right, you know, and they're going to go, yeah, I'm, I quit. I'm not going to do that anymore. So you have to, you have to delve into what do they really want, right? Uh, why do they want it? So let's just, let's make it a basic. Let's make it confidence. If you become confident as a, as a speaker, it, I'm just telling you, it absolutely changes your life. It, it changes every aspect of your life because suddenly instead of looking at your kids with your head down, you're looking at your kids right in the eye. Instead of looking at your partner with your head down, you know, lack of confidence, you're looking them right in the eye. And suddenly they're like, wait a minute, this is a new person here. And so it's important that you gain that confidence. So uh, probably the best thing I tell people all the time is you start with looking in the mirror. You just look in the mirror. One of the I love having the opportunity to talk to new people because when we're doing workshops or seminars, I say, how many people here wake up in a in a really good mood? And I wake up in a really good mood every morning. And uh, I've only been married uh, five and a half years. My wife, when she first met me, went, how do you wake up in a good mood? And the answer is you decide when you go to bed, you're going to wake up in a good mood. When you wake up, even if you're like, uh, like I wake, I only sleep like four hours a night. So some nights, you know, mornings, I'm just like, oh, I need six hours, but you're not going to get it because you're up. So it could be, oh, gosh, I feel terrible. Or you could just get up and go, well, I got four. Maybe during the afternoon, I'll find a way to get another two. Right. And you decide to be in a good mood. So that's if you want to be in a good mood. Here's the easiest thing I can tell people to do. You walk into your bathroom, you close the door, you turn on the light, you look in the mirror and you go, wow, Steve, you're the best looking guy in this room. <laughs> you know what? If you don't smile at that, you're not going to smile at anything all day. Not only is it a positive affirmation and it's true, uh, nobody else in the room, duh, right? <laughs> but it also puts a smile on your face because it's so fun to do. And when you do that, you wake up in a good mood. So it's the same thing with confidence. When you start looking in the mirror and you start seeing yourself, boy, big difference between just looking in the mirror. I, ladies look in the mirror all the time, all putting on their makeup, doing all that. They're always looking. But when you start to look in the mirror to see who you really are, some people are disappointed. They go, oh, I can't look at myself. I'm ugly. I'm this, I'm that. You know what? I've seen ugly people. You're not one of them. And so you just got to decide that. And you have to start looking for the positive in you. When I can get you to do that for a few days, then getting you to look in the all these people do uh, photographs, right, Doreen? They, I mean, for years, we've been doing selfies or getting our picture taken or somebody will say, hey, we're smile. And people are like, and they make all these terrible faces because they don't have the confidence. Just look at the camera and smile and say, yep, that's me. 
the first time you ever heard your voice recorded, you probably said, whose voice is it? I remember saying that way back when recorders were first invented. And uh, I remember saying to somebody, whose voice is that? And they went, well, that's you. <laughs> went, no, it's not. <laughs> I don't sound like that. They went, that's you. What are you, crazy? And it's true with photographs, too. People who, who always stick their tongue out or make faces and pictures have a self-confidence problem. And so we have to work on, let's look at you. Let's see what you see. And then we'll help you get better. And that's that's a process, Doreen, getting people to actually see that, you know what, maybe I'm not the most handsome guy in the world, but maybe there's something about my eyes. Maybe there's something about the way I smile. Maybe there's, you know, because I mean, I always tell people all the time, I got crooked teeth. I, I've thought for 20 years I should fix my teeth and get them straight. And then I never do. And so I, I struggle with that self-image problem. But there's so much more about me that I hope you all look past that part of it. And that's what we try and work with people on, Doreen, is let's look at you. Because I hope one day you'll see what I see in you. And that's really important that you know that you have so much value to offer to everybody. Oh, yes. What you're talking about is putting up a mirror when you're talking about working with people as a coach, a mirror to them so that they see reflected in your eyes and in your comments, the good that's inside of them. So I really understand what you're saying about the mirror exercise. And I, I have one that I do. I get a small, ask them to get a small mirror. And I ask them to look only into their eyes, into their eyeballs, <laughs> and to keep on going to that place that you're talking about, that inner bright spirit, the confidence that's deep within, maybe buried for years. But a lot of people start with, oh, the wrinkles, and, you know, I got distracted, and uh, my color of my eyes aren't, you know, they're gray, they aren't real clear blue. So they stop rather than keep on going to where the core of the of, of their what their strength, I guess, their strength that is naturally there. And yeah, maybe lost and disconnected, but they can reconnect. And that's what I hear hear you saying is the, well, the yes to themselves and carry that yes in their heart, in their gut, in their being. And then whenever they look around, it's a uh, hello world. <laughs> oh yeah. Changes everything. Um, Wayne Dyer had used to have this thing. He called it. I am. He said, I am part of the great. I am. And, and if you can get people to start understanding, I am rather than I am not right. What are you rather than what aren't you? Like, I'm, I can't do this. I can't do that. Yeah, but what can you do? Everybody has an expertise. Everybody. I don't care if you've been in a retail world working minimum wage job. Your expertise might be in how to fold clothes. You still have an expertise. And you know what? Some people make a living out of folding clothes and doing YouTube videos to teach people how to do it. So we all have new things that we can discover. And when you start to look at the I am... There's a, there's a thing that I work on in a lot of my workshops and seminars, which is uh, don't. We, our brain doesn't understand don't, won't, can't, that type of thing. So let me give you an example of that. You know, I say, don't think of an elephant. Well, most of the time you think of an elephant, and then you start to think of a giraffe or something. But your first thought of an elephant. So wait, why did you think that if I said don't think of an elephant? How about this? You ever go on a diet? And when you're on the diet, I can't have pie. What do you crave all day? Pie. 
you you're told your brain i can't have pie the brain doesn't understand can't so it only hears pie <laughs> and so all day long we're like i want pie man <laughs> this is crazy so one of the things when we talk about self um, discovery is that's the great thing about today's like you've got zoom here we've got video cameras we got our our phones that are just phenomenal uh, computers and you take your own picture and you do your own videos nobody else gets to see it nobody else has to see it just videotape yourself doing whatever you want to do, saying whatever you want to say, and then look at it. And people go, I wouldn't, I don't want to look at it. That's part of the process. You get to look at yourself. You get to see yourself. And then you'll start to really see yourself. And some people hate themselves for a little while. And you got to keep talking to them and say, it's okay. A lot of us do that. Why do you think a lot of people still make faces when they get their picture taken, right? And that's part of what we have to learn as adults is we have to learn how to enjoy ourselves, how to encourage ourselves, how to reward ourselves, even when there's nobody else out there doing it for us. Yes. And it occurs to me that the negative self-talk that people have is then what they project to the outer world. So if they're in their own positive self-talk, it seems like then they are less anxious about being out in the world because they are uh, seeing like what you were doing, mirroring back to themselves, <laughs> people are enjoying because they are enjoying. Well, uh, this is fabulous. I'm sure you have so much more you can share around what you teach, how you teach oh, I, it. I think I'm out of ideas. <laughs> <laughs> and when you're going to teach it. So uh, before we end, I'd like to make sure that people know what you're doing now, where they can find you, and uh, some easy link, something that you want to offer. Um, yeah, if you want to uh, uh, join me, if you want any of my help, I do a thing called speaker talks down here in Tampa, Florida. Um, so if you drop me an email, steve at stevesapato.com, steve at stevesapato.com, uh, S-A-P-A-T-O, steve at stevesapato.com. I will be happy to share with you um, any of the, my courses. I'll be happy to share with you how speaker talks put you on an eight-week journey to uh, actually get in front of people and share a message that you might have to share. So many people, um, they say, I want to write a book. And you say, really, what would it be about? And then they tell you, because they've got the idea already in their head. I want to write a book. And those same people then have an idea of what they want to talk about, because what they want to write the book for is to change people's lives. When you get the opportunity to change people's lives, your world will change. And so write to me, drop me an email. Uh, you can look me up at stevespottoseminars.com. But uh, just just get reach out, get in touch with me, and let's see what we can help you become the thing that you really want to become. Ooh, great last line to help you become the thing that you want to become. Wow. Yes. Thank you very much, Steve. My pleasure. My pleasure indeed. Thanks for having me on today. Thank you for being with us today for this episode of Find Your Voice, Change Your Life. Each person during interviews shares what has helped them find their voice. You can learn from these guests and find your voice so you can be confident to speak up and speak out. And remember to download Doreen's free seven-step guide to fearless speaking at Doreen7steps.com. We hope you enjoyed the show and we'll return next time. Until then, goodbye for now.